0: RadioMD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's healthy children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Dating can be such an exciting time for teens and for anybody really. Really? But what is dating violence? Is it something that you would recognize that your children might be going through, or would you recognize it in yourself? Here to tell us about this today is Dr. David Hill. He's a spokesman for the American Academy of Pediatrics and one of our fan favorites here on Healthy Children. Dr. Hill, let's start with what constitutes dating violence, and if kids are, you know, sometimes they argue, sometimes there's a lot of text messages that go around, what does it even mean to say dating violence?
1: Right, so I think one reason to talk about this right now, it's February, Valentine's Day is coming, kind of, we all like Valentine's Day, chocolate, it's all romantic, but it is not a coincidence that among the things we pay attention to in February Uh, unhealthy relationships are way up there. And one reason for that is that Valentine's Day can actually be a trigger for unhealthy behavior in relationships. The expectations are very high, and sometimes those expectations include for teens, maybe we're going to go a little farther sexually than we have before. Maybe, you know, as my Valentine's Day gift, you can do something that you're not really comfortable with. Uh, or it can be you need to spend all of your attention and all of your money on me and ignore your friends, and, you know, I need to be your first priority because that's what love looks like. Uh, so these are these are moments that can be fairly dangerous uh, in terms of relationships. Now, teens, kids, are trying to figure out how everything works in the world, right? They don't know. They're working through it in many cases for the first time. And unfortunately, either because of things they might see in their home environment, cultural assumptions they might grow up with, ideas like, you know, to be a man, you have to be tough and uncaring and you have to demonstrate that you own your, your partner, right, that they have their loyalty to you. And the way to do that is to be really unpleasant to them and, and you know, force them into situations they don't like. That may be something that people grow up with. They think, and they, maybe they've seen it in a movie or a TV show, and they're like, okay, this is a script that I'm going to try out. I'm giving this a try. Let's see how this goes. And unfortunately, if you're on the other side of that relationship, it can go really, really poorly. This is not, by the way... All male. Uh, The rates of male partners uh, engaging in unhealthy relationship behavior are higher, but uh, female partners can as well. They can be physically violent. Uh, They can uh, be socially unpleasant and insulting. So you don't have to have a bruise on your face, I think, is the real message, to be in a relationship that's very unhealthy. Uh, It can be emotional, it can be social, it can be the way this person makes you feel, it can be coercive, making you do things that you're really not comfortable with or don't want to do, but you're afraid that your partner is going to not love you anymore or you're going to be embarrassed or you owe this person this because they love you so much why wouldn't you do it right
0: my question that and i think a lot of other parents have this too there's this fine line with social media with our children you follow your kids you know you and i have had this chat many times about social media do you how much of an interest do you take are you their friend on facebook do snapchat instagram whatever you're doing do you follow them And along the lines of their dating, if a parent is feeling a wiggle, an uncomfortable red flag, something, you know, because with teens and the teenage brain, you can say to them, I'm not sure I like what's going on, you know. He's he's texting you like 50 times a day or 100 times a day. And the kid will roll their eyeballs at you and say, you just don't understand, or you don't understand our love. And it could really start big fights with your parents. How do you as a parent see those red flags and interject yourself into this and start questioning the situation.
1: Right. So this is so dicey as a parent because you want to exert control, you want to exert guidance and leadership. At the same time, you really want to do everything you can to keep your child safe. And if you feel like you're getting into an uncomfortable situation, uh, it's a tricky road to hoe. Figuring out how I'm going to stay on my kid's side and keep this conversation open without, you know, letting them get into a situation that I think is really bad for them. So, you mentioned, first of all, that social media opens up a whole new way to stalk somebody or, in some cases, to control somebody. And one of the red flags in an unhealthy relationship can be. A social media flag. Jealous partners may text all the time, call, email. They may ask for their partner's password and say, hey, I want to be able to see everything on your phone. That degree of jealousy or stalking is frequently a red flag that a partner is excessively controlling. They don't want you, to, they don't trust you to be anywhere else, do anything else, be with other people, even your friends. Uh, and of course, there can be cyberbullying. Uh, It is not unusual, unfortunately, that these relationships include sexting, right? The trading of sexually explicit images. And then once a partner has that, uh, that partner can use that as, uh, you know, sort of blackmail, right? Well, if you don't uh, do what I say, I'm going to show this image to everybody. I'm going to share it. I'm going to embarrass you. I'm going to send it to your parents, to your friends, to other people in the class, and so paying attention at least to how often your kids feel the need to, to be engaged in social media. Hey, I see you on your phone a lot right now. Who are you talking to? What are you saying? It's okay to ask. A lot of times if you don't ask, that, that's the only way you're going to find out what's happening is to ask. But then once you start asking, you want to do everything you can to keep that conversation open. First of all, show some belief. Right. If somebody tells you something, your kid tells you something that you find out, oh, my boyfriend's being really mean to me. Oh, but he seems like such a nice boy. He comes from a really good family. I really love his parents. You just shut the conversation down when you said that. You just said, I can't believe what you're telling me because I have this preconceived notion as to who this is. On the other hand, you can't say, well, I don't want you to ever talk to him or see him again. Right? Because now you've just had this knee-jerk, and it's going to go much better if it's your child's idea as opposed to yours. Well, it's true. You I mean, that you're saying exactly
0: what parents questions. are feeling right now. They just it, It's exactly what parents are feeling right now. You can say one thing and it's wrong, and you can say the other thing and it's wrong, and you've shut down the communication in either situation.
1: Right, right. So the best way is to keep asking questions, right? Show belief and go, ah, so your boyfriend's texting you an awful lot. Why do you think that is? Oh, that's because he loves me so much. Oh, cool. How's he How is he showing you? Well, what else does he do to show that he loves you? Well, how do you show him that you love him? What does he expect from you, right? And now you're having a conversation. I think I, I'm using these examples, by the way. I keep saying girlfriend and boyfriend, but I think it's, it's critically important to acknowledge, uh, A, that, people's sexual identities and also their sexual orientations are can be fluid and can be different, and actually kids who are in same-sex relationships or sexually fluid relationships can be at increased risk for this sort of behavior uh, and being victimized because they may be embarrassed to tell somebody about it and get help, they may be worried that they're going to be rejected for their sexual identity or sexual orientation. And, of course, sharing what's going on and getting help is the number one way to get out of these situations. So I think it's important, even though I'm sort of conventionally saying boyfriend-girlfriend, to uh, be very clear that these behaviors can go on in any kind of sexual relationship and that we need to make sure and keep the conversation open that we don't try and close off what sort of relationship this might be.
0: I agree with you completely. And and again, it comes back to that communication factor. So if your children trust you enough that they can tell you things that are going on and you trust your children enough that you have that open line of communication, I think as a parent, you can ask those questions and you can spot those red flags. Then the question becomes... What do you do about it? If you are spotting that whether they're a same-sex relationship or gender fluid, whatever relationship, where there is an unequal amount of control or power, Dr. Hill, what is a parent to do to help their child? Because, again, you try and pull them out of the relationship, and they're going to recoil and go in the opposite direction.
1: Right. So we talked about keeping the conversation open, number one. And I think as a parent personally... Uh, it's so hard not to freak out when we're worried about our kids. My dad made me a promise when I was 16. He's also a pediatrician. And he said, David, here's my promise to you. I promise not to freak out, no matter what you tell me. And that saved me so many potentially horrible situations to be able to go to my dad and say, you know, I'm not sure I'm doing the right thing here. Maybe I'm taking a risk. Please don't freak out. It's like, okay, I'm not freaking out. And I promised each of my kids that at the same time, you know what? Okay, here's what I can tell you. I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to try and guide you. Be willing to call in reinforcements quickly, right? We, we, are, we think, okay, a parent, I should be able to solve everything. There are counselors. There are faith leaders. There are teachers. There are psychologists. We don't have to do this alone. People who have these conversations all day, every day, and sometimes, by the way, those reinforcements may include law enforcement. I That's mean, true. If somebody, mm-hmm. uh, a kid, is just has the same right to a restraining order as an adult does. If that person is being threatened or stalked or physically hurt, then you have the right to uh, keep this person away legally. Uh, of course, if you don't have your your kids buy in, that's going to get a lot harder. Uh, but if your kid says, yeah, you know what? I'm not comfortable with this. I'm being hurt, but I just don't know how to make it stop. I'm worried. I don't know. I'm worried he's going to hurt me more or hurt you. And you know, that's the time to say, okay, we're going to to go to higher authorities. We're going to get some help with this. This is not okay.
0: And and I'm of that same as your father and you, Dr. Hill. My kids and I have a very... I'm lucky, I knock on wood. We have a completely open communication, and they understand there might be consequences, but they're not afraid to tell me anything because I said no matter what it is, if we work on it together, we can figure it out. If we do it together, and if you don't let me in... I can't help you with it, and and I think that I've yeah. been pretty lucky with that. So this is also Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. And so the CDC and Strive is trying to, you know, let people know about this. What would you like to let parents listening know? And even if they're going to play this for their teens, what would you like them to take away from this Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month in, in that we all need to really work together to spot those signs, to keep the communication open?
1: Absolutely. I think number 1 is to always be kind of watching and thinking. Uh, when we see our kids go through a major change, the grades fall off, they're not hanging out with their friends anymore, they're, you know, not participating in activities they used to enjoy. These can be red flags for any number of things. It can be, you know, drug use, it can be depression, it can be anxiety, it can be domestic partner violence. And asking is always, number one, hey, what's going on? Hey, it looks like, you know, why aren't you hanging out with your friend the way you used to? Why aren't you enjoying the sport or the activity that you used to? Is there something happening? And it's okay, you can tell me what it is. Uh, If this becomes the answer, of course, then get help. There's a National Domestic Violence Hotline, which is 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E, and there's another organization, Love Is, uh, that can be reached at uh, Love Is Respect or at one 331 9474 That can also be reached by text. Our kids love to text, and they can just text Love Is uh, without any spaces to 77054 and get help. And as people who are trying to support them, we can also utilize those resources uh getting those resources is incredibly helpful. None of us should have to do this alone. None of us have all the answers. And uh, asking the questions and then getting the help we need is pretty much the process to solving any problem we've got.
0: I agree with you completely. And, and it's so important that you gave out the texts, Love is to, and I've got a different number, is 22522. So Love is yeah, to exactly. 22522 too. Yeah. And or love is is another place that you can go. Exactly. So parents, if you have questions, these are the places that you can go to find out if your children, if you're worried about them, because it can be so scary for the child and they can be afraid to tell anybody about it, but they also might not recognize it themselves. So that's what this is all about is teen violence, dating awareness. Do you have anything else to add Dr. Hill before we wrap up today?
1: You know, I think I've just say always keep the conversation going with your kids, and it's difficult sometimes. It's scary, uh, but boy, when we're talking, uh, we're setting an example of what a loving relationship looks like, and uh, it starts. We we model what love looks like to our kids, and so you know, keep keep making it look good.
0: What a great way to end and segue, and thank you again for joining us. We always love to have you here on Healthy Children, and our expert guests are provided, as always, by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. This is Melanie Cole. You can listen in on TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeart, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are played, but we want you to listen at radiomd.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, and stay well.